I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 78. This is a podcast for what we call mind discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above, which is where the name comes from, Colossians 3.2, where Paul said, set your minds on things above. Here's an insightful quote. The spirit of the individual is determined by his dominating thought habits. That's a good one. The spirit of the individual is determined by his dominating thought habits. Guess who said that? Well, it wasn't Dallas Willard. It was Bruce Lee, the famous karate expert and TV and movie star. Now, I have no idea about Bruce's faith life, but I know truth when I encounter it. I believe there's truth in what he says. We are highly influenced by our dominating thought habits. And that's why we do this podcast, because setting our minds on good thoughts, biblical thoughts, uplifting thoughts, it isn't easy. I try to do it each and every day, and that's why we do this. Today's thought from above is this. You were made for beauty, goodness, and truth. At the beginning of April, I looked out my window at my peach tree, and I saw gorgeous pink flowers that had emerged seemingly out of nowhere. My peach tree is one of my many fruit trees, and the peach tree always blooms first. It is a harbinger that the long winter is coming to an end and spring is beginning. I love that word, harbinger. It's just a word that says something is coming. Now, when I looked out and saw those pink flowers, this blossom, my body began filling up with a feeling of warmth and joy and hope. You can say, well, Jim's weird, and you'd be right. But if you said, did that really happen? I would say, that really happened. It genuinely happened to me. I know that it happened. The deeper question is, what happened to me? And how did it happen? How did my gazing out the window and seeing the color pink fill me with feelings of warmth, joy, and hope? I can tell you what didn't happen. No one spoke to me. No one told me anything. No words transpired. There was utter silence, and it happened in a nanosecond. I can also tell you what did happen on a purely physical level. I have these amazing organs called eyes. My eyes, just like yours, detect light and convert it into electrochemical impulses in neurons. It goes on the brain and forms an image. Okay. That was fancy. That was scientific. But in truth, they simply place an image in my mind. And thanks to my eyes, I saw these pink buds and green leaves. And immediately, I felt warmth, joy, and hope. But again, why? Here's the answer. Because I had just encountered beauty. Now, what is beauty? Beauty is one of the transcendental forms, as Plato called them, forms that transcend. They stand above the actual form, they're higher, and thus they help us to transcend ourselves when we encounter them. Now, a form is a composite. You know the phrase about the sum and its many parts, right? What I saw was a color and a shape and a texture. I saw clarity and 
radiance and a dozen other parts to form this whole. And that whole was beautiful. That's the only word I have to describe it. In this universe, there are many things that are beautiful, many things that are harmonious or lovely or attractive or delicious or graceful or elegant, and a dozen other adjectives to declare that we really like this. That's why we have those words. Thomas Aquinas said, Beauty is that which, when seen, pleases. We see it and we like it. And while on one sense it's very complex, in another sense it's really simple. We are creatures made for beauty. We love it. It drives humans like nothing else. If you break down any human endeavor, anything that you've ever been moved by, any passion you've ever felt, it's because beauty was at its core. Or one of beauty's two sisters, goodness and truth. Because just as we love beauty, we also love goodness. In episode 76, I talked about Jesus with skin. I told the story of my neighbor Steve who fixed our leaky pipe one night. He did a good thing for us. The definition of the good is that which benefits, that which helps or enhances or strengthens or heals or provides. We instinctively love things like virtue and kindness and loyalty and generosity. No one ever sees those things and goes, no thanks, or even, nah. Just as we're motivated by beauty, we're also inspired by goodness. And beauty's other sister, truth, is also compelling. Truth, by definition, is that which is in accordance with reality. I like to say that truth is what you can count on. Truth works. It's reliable. And when you bump into truth, if you're wrong, you'll know it. As Dallas would say, reality is what you bump into when you're wrong. The other day, I got in my car, turned it on, and it made a horrible screeching noise. And I, unwisely, chose to drive it for a block, thinking somehow, well, I haven't driven this car in a while, thanks to this pandemic, you know, I mean, my car's been sitting, so I thought, oh, maybe it just needs to warm up, or maybe it needs to get oil flowing through it, like the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. I wasn't thinking wisely. But I drove it for a block, and then I noticed that it was starting to smoke. <laughs> and then I drove it another block. I don't know why I drove it another block. I drove it another block, and the power steering started going out. And so with all the power I had in me, I turned the car around, got it back home in the driveway. I went in, and I told Megan, I said, something's really wrong with my car. So we went out and looked at it, and we were just thinking about what might be the problem. She said, hmm power steering fluid? I thought, maybe. So we looked at the power steering fluid. Sure enough, it was fine. So I did something smart then, something I've done unfortunately many times, and that is I called the auto repair shop that I've used for many years. I called Terry. He's my guy. I said, can I bring this in? He said, well, I can't get to it today, but bring it in the morning and I'll look at it. So the next day, got up with Megan behind me, hoping I could just somehow get this to the shop. I got my car to the auto repair shop, 
gave it to Terry, gave him my keys, went home. A couple of hours later, he calls me and he explained what had happened. He said, the serpentine belt had broken. My first thought was, I didn't know that that's a thing. I mean, I'd never heard of a serpentine belt. But Terry taught me about it. He explained that a broken serpentine belt, serpentine because it looks like a snake, that a broken serpentine belt leads to a sudden loss of power assist for the steering system. Well, that I knew. Where the steering uh, wheel all of a sudden just becomes very hard to turn. Yep, that happened. And he said a broken serpentine belt stops the water pump from circulating coolant through the cooling system and the engine overheats. Yep, saw that as well. See, I was well aware of what I was experiencing. I just didn't understand it. I didn't know. Why am I telling you this story about my car woes? Because it's a story actually about truth. While I speculated about what was wrong with my car, Terry actually knew the truth. He knows how engines work. It didn't take him long. He examined my car, discovered the problem, thought in his mind, well, I know the solution, got the part, and fixed it. It turns out truth is not subjective, contrary to popular opinion. As Dallas Willard once said, you would never take your car to an auto shop who had a sign that said, we are lucky at fixing cars. I mean, you would drive right on by. I want someone who knows how to fix a car and that they know all about mechanics. They have to know the truth. I don't want them guessing. I don't want them getting lucky. See, Terry knows the truth about how to fix a car. And he knows the truth about mechanics. He repaired it, and now I drive the car with power steering and without smoke. Amen. The very first time I took my car to Terry's auto shop and he fixed it, I was so impressed. I was impressed because he not only could figure out what was wrong, but he explained it to me plainly and he charged me a fair price. It was way less than I thought it might be. I said to him, I remember, I said, hey man, thanks for being honest with me and for being fair. And then he said something I've never forgotten. He said, well, you're welcome, but remember, it's in my best interest to do so. Because if I treat you that way, you're going to keep your business coming back for my service, and that's good for me. So in that story, we see a whole bunch of these transcendentals. We see truth, and we see goodness, and ultimately we also see beauty. I mean, in one sense, that whole event was a thing of beauty. Watching a great mechanic work is like, I don't know, watching Michael Jordan play basketball or Brishnikov dance or Yo-Yo Ma play the cello. Just as we're instinctively drawn to beauty and inspired by goodness, we're also deep down committed to the truth. We love things that are authentic or honest or credible or genuine. We're naturally inclined to them. Beauty, goodness, and truth. Where you see one, you see the others. As Hans Urs von Balthasar said, beauty refuses to be separated from her two sisters of goodness and truth. So if you see beauty, as I did in the peach blossom, I'm also seeing goodness. There's nothing bad about that peach blossom, nothing evil, nothing nefarious. It's genuinely good, and it's true. And if that blossom leads to a peach, it's really good. 
because it's behaving according to the laws of nature. So what? Here's my point. You were made of and made for and made to create beauty, goodness, and truth. Those three transcendentals of beauty, goodness, and truth are also what you are. Now, sure, you can and do sin. So do I. And there are days when you may not look all that great physically. But you are always beautiful because you exist. Ontologically, you exist, and that is a beautiful thing. And you are good. Well, again, you may be saying, "Mm, Jim, I'm capable of some serious sins. I've committed a few. Hey, I'm with you. Every day in my prayer practice, I confess to God that I have sinned also in thought, word, and deed. But here's the thing. I confess my sin because I know they're wrong. And how do I know they're wrong? Because in truth, I know what goodness is, and I know that that's not how I ought to be. As St. Augustine said, sin is the absence of good. Sin is the privation of good. I know what sin is because I'm good. I thrive on beauty, goodness, and truth because that is how God made me. It is what I am. The opposites of beauty, goodness, and truth, which are ugliness, evil, and lies, are things I naturally hate, especially when I see it in me, because it isn't how I was designed. It isn't how you were designed. One last point. You were made not just to take in, but also to make beauty, goodness, and truth, because they are the metabolism of our souls. We are spiritual beings. As Dallas often said, we're unceasing spiritual beings. And spirit is what we encounter in beauty, goodness, and truth. Just as our bodies need to take in the three macronutrients of carbohydrates and protein and fat, so our souls need to take in the spiritual macronutrients of beauty, goodness, and truth. Author Steve McIntosh writes, Beauty, truth, and goodness can be understood as essential forms of spiritual nutrition. Just as maintaining our physical health requires that we take in nutritious food and then use that energy through exercise, we likewise do well to take in spiritual energy of intrinsic value and then use this energy by bearing spiritual fruit of our own. What a great way to look at this. So, for example, when I engage in truth, when I learn, I take in truth. And when I teach, which is the fruit of what I've learned, I'm imparting it. That's the metabolism. And when I teach, I actually learn even more. I have a t-shirt given to me by my friend James Catford that says, He who teaches learns. And that's how it works. I learn I teach, and I learn. There's that metabolism. It's just moving in and through me. And it describes how all of this works. I take in beauty from God, and then I try to make beauty in my life. I appreciate it, and then I create it. I take in goodness from God, and I try to do good in my life. We receive the goodness, and we give the goodness. That's the metabolism, the spiritual metabolism of beauty, goodness, and truth. You see, those three transcendentals are not just windows into God. 
They're not just the stuff that we long for or even the stuff we're made of. They're the stuff we were made to create. During this time of hiatus from this podcast, during our annual summer break, I encourage you to engage in the metabolism of beauty, goodness, and truth. I would encourage you to get a journal out and just call it your beauty, goodness, and truth journal and just pay attention. Notice the things like the things I've been talking about. Notice nature. Notice acts of kindness that people do. Notice the, the kinds of truths that you rely on every single day. The reality of physics, the reality of the way the universe works, the truth that we need to survive. Think about those things. Note those things in your journal. Listen and look and receive and learn from all the beauty, goodness, and truth that you can. And make some. Make some beautiful things. Do some good things. Teach and impart some true things in all that you do. Well, I hope you'll join me when we return for our third season. Hard to believe we're going to be starting our third season, which will be in August. We have some great guests lined up, and good Lord willing, I may have something to say that will bless and encourage you. I want to take a moment to say thanks to the person who produces and engineers this podcast. He actually does everything that gets this podcast to you. His name is Jacob Calvin Smith. He does a fantastic job. He helps me plan every aspect of this podcast, and he makes up for all of my mistakes, which are many. He has incredible instincts, and I rely on him and his insights and his judgments for really every episode. What's also great for me is that, and some of you may know this, he's also my son. So as a father, it brings me joy not only to work with my son, but to watch him flourish and grow and see him exhibit well, beauty, goodness, and truth. And I get a front row seat to watch it. So thanks to you, Jake. Well, I hope you'll join me next time. And until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast at apprenticeinstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day, if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above.